Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Thanks Church podcast. Thanks for listening podcast. to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. Overflowindy.com. For more information, visit overflowindy.com. Overflow. Visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, you can be seated, but I, I just want to encourage you to continue just um, drinking of his presence. I am going to speak, <laughs> but, but the cool thing is that we're going to... Good. Well... We've been we've been on the journey for quite a while now, just discovering um, God's version of the church, discovering how God views His people and His His church, and just just uh, renewing our minds, upgrading our perspectives. How many of you guys have been encouraged and uplifted in that journey so far? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, this morning. We're going we're gonna to dive into something. Last week, we did kind of a, a recap of things that we've been going over for many months. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to kind of tie together the concept of, of when Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. And, and then we went into a season of talking about the church is God's family. And so the oikos, right? And so it's kind of like, there's the, there's the militant aspect of the church, and there's the family aspect of the church. And how many of you guys know that it's not one or the other, it's both and, right? And so if we, if we don't have those two uh, things in balance and we're carrying them both out, we're going to be missing a part of what the kingdom of God is actually all about. Is my, is my microphone doing good, by the way? Does it sound like it's cutting in and out a little bit, or is that just me? A little bit? All right, all right. So we're we're actually I, I kind of set us up last week to dive into something that I'm pretty stoked about. By the way, if anybody's watching online, we bless you. Um, I know the weather is kind of crazy this morning, and I want to acknowledge of those of you that came today. And I think it was like negative one degrees when I got in my car today. That's pretty wild. It said nev- negative six for you guys. Wow, negative four. And you still came. That's awesome. And those of you who couldn't, we bless you. And I just, I just want to invite you to just to dive in with us today. Um, Bob and Jane Harshman are in Florida. I think they're trying to bypass this or something. I don't know, but it's not fair. But you guys came this morning, and it's nice and warm in here. And where it's one or two degrees outside, we're going to be getting into some fire. You guys like the fire? Awesome. Well, I'm excited because today we're going to dive into the book of Acts, and we may spend a little time in this for a while. Um, We're going to start off in Acts chapter 1, and so if you want to go ahead and turn your Bible there, this the book of Acts is a, you can just read it like a storybook or like just biblical text, or you can let it be a catalyst for a move of God, Amen. And I'm choosing to believe for it to be a catalyst for a move of God. What's that? As long as this one sounds better than this one, I'll be glad to. How's this sounding? Is this any better? All right. That one, the other one sounded a little echoey or something, I think. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Let's give Dennis a hand back there for all the amazing work he does for us. This guy, he's been, he's been stretched and... We keep throwing last-minute stuff to him. They have to pull together, and he's doing it like a trooper. So good job, Dennis. Um, anyway, we're going to dive into Acts, and we're going to start in Acts 1. And I'm just going to take sections at a time. Um, and the section we're going to talk about today is, is the, the little period of time when Jesus was with his apostles um, after he resurrected, but before he ascends, okay? And we're going to dive into some stuff. And... Um, as we've talked about before, he, Jesus prophesied to his apostles about the church, 
And there's actually only two times in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where the word ecclesia shows up. And we, we went heavy on that one, Matthew 16, verse 18, when he says, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail. That's the, that's the first time the word ecclesia shows up in the, in the New Testament. The second time, I believe, is two chapters later in Matthew 18, and, and Jesus is teaching about how um, if somebody offends you or you see somebody sinning, you go privately to them and, and you talk to them about it. And if they don't repent, then you grab two or three other witnesses and privately go talk to them. And then if they still don't make it right, then what do you do? You take it to the ecclesia, take it to the church. So Jesus was, was bringing up the church, but it hadn't even been established yet, which is pretty crazy. But he's trying to set the stage for something he's about to do. And so after he re resurrected from the dead, he's hanging out with his apostles for, I believe it said 40 days, if I remember correctly. Um, I think it was 40 days that he was with them. And he was spending a lot of time with them before he was going to ascend to heaven. And do you guys remember that Jesus said that they were, he told them that he's going to leave and go to heaven and they were sad about it. But Jesus said, whoa, you don't actually understand. It's actually better for you that I leave, even though I know you're going to miss me. It's better for you that I leave because when I leave, I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. Come on. And so Jesus is actually saying, you, like, when I go and you get the Holy Spirit, things are going to go to a level you've never even experienced in my physical presence before. So, like, they didn't even understand that he was setting them up for something mighty and powerful. And so Jesus was spending those last days um, pouring kingdom truths into them, and he was preparing them for the day that the, the church was going to become born. And the book of Acts, um, you know, people call it the Acts of the Apostles, and that's kind of cool. I, I think it's even more uh, relevant to call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit, but I also want to take it even further and say, I believe that the book of Acts, is, is a, the, the whole purpose of it is to tell the story of how the church was birthed into the earth, okay, and, and how the, the church, God used the church to establish the kingdom of heaven into the midst of the people around them. And so the whole book of Acts reveals heaven being manifested through his people, his church, and how they expanded that, and, and they took it to the ends of the earth. It's a powerful book, and, and there's so many opportunities for us to look and see how God showed up, how the Holy Spirit came in mighty power and mighty refreshings to, to do supernatural acts amongst the people. I just want to remind us that the context of everything that God was doing is in the context of the ecclesia, all right? It, even though there's individual situations where God showed up, it all came out of the church, okay? You guys with me on that? All right, so, so these days that Jesus is with his apostles before he left, um, there, there's a couple of things that I would say that he was doing. One, I would say that the heart of it was that he was preparing them to carry on the mission that Jesus came here to start. All right, so he, he was preparing them to, to release them now. He was passing the torch on to them so that they can carry his mission and expand it and multiply it. I would say that the other thing that he was doing was that he was preparing them similar to how, how my dad would have met with me before Jessica was going to have our first baby. And, and he would have talked with me about, Jesse, your life's about to change. And, and th there, there's these th this thing that's going to come into the world that you don't understand, but here's some ways I want to prepare you to succeed in this. Does that make sense? And so I, I also want us to see that. Like it's, it's missional, which, you know, we talked about like – army, right? Missional army, but it's also family and father and children. And so when Jesus was doing this, he's, he's, he's a, a father preparing fathers that are, that are getting ready to father. And, and then the women, they're going to mother, they're going to they're gonna lead a movement that's God's families, the church. Amen. And I was thinking about this, like um, the heart of a father. I... I La How many of you guys were here last Sunday and the children came in here and, and led us in worship? Did you guys enjoy that? 
It was a different experience. I know it kind of broke our, our mold. Praise the Lord. We need to break molds sometimes. And, and so, like, when we get in routines and we're like, man, they're, gonna, they're, they're doing this other thing, and we can have an inferior perspective on it and miss something God's doing. But it was powerful. And during that, and people, you know, flags were waving, and people were getting free, and it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Um, and, and during that time, our tech stuff back there started jacking up. So if anybody's watching online, you know what I'm talking about. And good old Seth wasn't here to help out. So I had to actually go back there and get on there with Dennis and try to figure things out. And, and I'm missing this. Like, I was right here, and the few kids were up here. They were all amazing. And, and Laura and Sheldon and the rest of the team were up here helping them. So it was so awesome. But I was getting frustrated because I had to go back there and do that. And, and I looked, I glanced up, and I saw my son up here raising his hands to the Lord. And man, <laughs> I want to cry right now just thinking about that. That's the first time I've ever seen that. And that melted my heart. It still does. And, and, then, they, and then Laura, I knew I was missing something. I, I was trying so hard to stay engaged and not get frustrated. But, but I was missing that. And, and uh, she was empowering them to go around and start laying hands on people. And I, I was back there distracted with... Wirecast, my, the, the thing I love and hate at the same time. And, but, but it was so powerful. And then a few of the kids came back there and prayed for me while I'm trying to do this tech thing. I'm like, how do I, stay, how do I not drop this thing and, and receive this precious moment? But, but even David and Livy came back there. That was powerful. And I, but I, I was so sad that I missed it. I, was, I couldn't be right here in front of them and I had to go back and watch it online just so I could see front and center, see my son lifting his hands to the Lord. And whew, there's just, there's nothing like seeing your kids engaging God. Amen? And I think I, I, I can identify with Jesus, like he's getting ready to, he's preparing the, the leaders of, of a movement, that they, they've never even seen anything like this. It's never existed before. And Jesus knows. He's, he knows the end from the beginning. But they didn't. And so he's like trying to prepare them for this new thing. And, and it's just amazing. Also, by the way, like just the just father stuff. Um, every Sunday before church starts, we have prayer back there. And boy, that time has been rich and powerful and God's presence is in there, and it's awesome. And one of my favorite parts, though, of prayer is every Sunday, David, as soon as he gets here, he'll, he'll open that door, and it comes straight to me, and he give me a big kiss and a hug. He tries to be quiet, but they don't know what that means. And he always leaves and forgets the fact that doors are loud when you slam them. So, like, everybody's in the spirit, and then... And then we get brought right back into the earth for a second. <laughs> Not really. Everybody's gracious on that. Thank you for that. But, and then today he walked in, and I didn't want him to give me a kiss because he had more donut than his mouth size. He's like chomping that thing. But, but I just love that. And, and that's just, that, that, that God is a good father, and he loves, our, uh, he loves his kids. Amen? And we just need to understand that he's a family God. And, uh, but anyway, I want to dive into Acts 1. Um, we're going to, you guys are about to find out that we got scriptures that are going to come up here now, which is pretty cool. So that, that's a new, a new breakthrough of technology we're getting. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm going to actually read verse 1 through 8 right now, and then we'll go back and kind of unpack some stuff. This book is written by Luke, who was a, a physician and a disciple. Um, he did not know Jesus personally, but he was discipled in the, in the movement. Um, and he actually was part of Paul's ministry, too, at one point. But, um, but he wrote the book of Luke, and then he wrote Acts as kind of a part two. And he, it sounds like he wrote it to somebody named Theophilus. So let's dive in. The first, or sorry, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I forgot to tell you guys what version I use. Are you guys on King, New King James? Sweet. 
All right, I'm I'm it for that. <laughs> Some of y'all are on the old King James. I ain't doing that. Sorry, Gene. <laughs> I'm joking. You got the passion. That's gonna that's gonna make you go cross-eyed when I'm talking this. All right. All right. So okay. So the formal former book talking about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. He was ascended, right? After that, after that, sorry, after he through the Holy Spirit, everybody say through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive. Everybody say he presented himself alive. That means resurrected. Say resurrected. Say resurrection power. That's some good stuff right there. All right, he he presented himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. All right, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. From John Truly, sorry, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Everybody say the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let's say it again, but let's say Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's do it again. We got to get a little bit more Holy Ghost in there. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right. I, uh, the first half of that, I thought you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but now I think you got it. All right. I was just joking. Steve, you, you helped. Thanks for putting that little umph in there. All right. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. That's the Greek word dunamis. Say dunamis. dunamis. Dunamis is the miracle working power of God. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is an awesome statement. And then after that was when Jesus went off and ascended back to heaven. We'll, we'll hit that part next time, I think. But we're not, to, we're not hitting that today. But the, I want to talk to you about what Jesus just talked to them about, okay? But I want you to take a look at verses 1 through 3 real quick. I want you to notice one thing. All those, verse, all those things you're reading there, I don't know if you've noticed this, but that is one sentence. <laughs> and that's crazy. They didn't go to my English class, because that's called a run-on sentence, all right? But that sentence, that one sentence that covers three verses, hits some powerful stuff, all right? So the book of Acts is kicked off with a paragraph that covers the ministry of Christ, which includes his works and his teachings. It includes the ascension of Jesus Christ, it include, which also would include um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all right, which includes... It inherently includes the cross, right? So the cross and the resurrection and the ascension. And it also covers that Jesus um, was, was saying these things through the Holy Spirit. So it, it talks about um, doing the works through the Holy Spirit. It also includes the apostles because Jesus was talking to the apostles. It includes teaching the, the kingdom of heaven to them. And it, include, yeah, it includes the, the kingdom of God. So the book of Acts is going to unfold all that stuff. And every single one of those is crucial for the kingdom of God coming in the power of what Jesus um, built the church to do. All right? And in verse 2, it says that he, he gave the apostles commandments through the Holy Spirit. And I want to take a moment and just look at that because we're talking about Jesus the, you know, the, the Godhead, the Trinity, is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they're all equal but different from each other, but they're in unity with one another. 
Okay, and so here's Jesus who is already, you know, he, he came and he was born as a human and he was always God, but he became man, but he laid down his godly attributes. We, we focused on that during Christmas season, right? And, and so, but, but then he went to the cross and then he was buried and resurrected, came back to life, right? And then he's getting ready to ascend, but when he's resurrected, he's actually was able to be restored back to his godly attributes. So, so now he, he became the, the fullness of God and man in one. All right? You guys, you guys understand that? He's getting ready to go back to heaven so he can sit back on his throne and, and rule the universe. All right? But here Jesus is, is already resurrected. He's already in his, in his restored body. And yet it says that he was teaching them the commands through the Holy Spirit. That's pretty wild if you think about it, because we know that Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in his ministry, but he still is demonstrating to them the necessity of, of being in partnership with the Holy Spirit. All right? You guys see that? So Jesus um, is teaching us, of our dependency on the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit. If you want to live a life that's just human and natural and mediocre and a Christian but not supernatural question, Christian, you don't really need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, but I don't think that's who we have in this room right now. I don't think those are the kind of people that's in here. I think that, I think that you guys are the kind of people who hunger and thirst for righteousness and for the kingdom of God to be manifested in this earth and for him to move through you to see the kingdom come. Am I right? If I am, why don't you guys give a big shout real quick because that's powerful. All right, that was, that was decent. All right, I'm just joking. All right, so no, that was awesome. All right, <laughs> dependency on the Holy Spirit. Jesus could have ministered on this earth in his own power. He could have. But he chose to lay that down to be, to, so he could show us what it looks like to be a human dependent on the Holy Spirit and ministering. So every single miracle that Jesus did, it was actually by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? If you, if you read through the story, you'll see that he never performed a miracle until after he got baptized in the Holy Spirit when he was in the Jordan River. All right? He could have. He chose not to because he didn't want to demonstrate to us a life that we couldn't have too. Okay? So he, he demonstrated becoming, he, he chose to become a son of man so that he can have Holy Spirit on him and be a vessel of God. And so... The anointing, um, the, the anointing is divine power. It's divine power. It's not your power. It's God's power. It's divine power that's placed upon a person who didn't have that kind of power otherwise. So every time that you read through the Bible and it talks about how God anointed somebody, they were a human who was fallible, who, who could have error and were frail and limited, just like all of us. But, but it shows that God would put the anointing, the Holy Spirit would come on a person, and he would empower them to do things there's no way they could have ever done on their own. And there's times in the Old Testament where, where the, pow, the, the anointing would come in power, and it would anoint prophets. He would come and he would anoint kings. And there was even a time when he anointed a craftsman. Okay, when, when it was Bezalel, when, when Moses needed the people to create the tabernacle, the anointing came on Bezalel, and he gave, him, and he gave him wisdom and skills that were way beyond what he already had. So anointing actually gives us divine enablement to do things we couldn't do on our own. Pretty awesome. It's the Holy Spirit, okay? And in Acts 10.38, um, I forgot who was preaching. I think it was Peter, but it, it says that it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, with the Holy Spirit 
and with power. Everybody say anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Come on. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. All right, so Jesus, who could have done these things on his own, but he was, he was demonstrating to us how we, as sons of men, can, can actually be empowered to do things we couldn't do on our own so that God can come, out, come, out, or come on us and flow through us to heal people and set people free. Amen? Because you can't do that on your own. <laughs> as, much, as hard as you want to try, you can't. All right, and then verse 3, it, says, it talks about how Jesus um, spent time proving to them many different ways how he was resurrected from the dead. And it says that he proved it to them in such ways that uh, are infallible, or there's no way to argue against it. You know, he ate fish and drank and, and had them touch his flesh and all the different things, but probably way more than what's written in there. He proved to them that he was resurrected. They're not just looking at a ghost or having... A, a pizza encounter, okay? A bad pizza encounter. All right, so he's proven his resurrection. But, but the, and I want to say this, that when you read through Acts, you're going to find that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a key topic. Because these guys, when they go out and they preach to the masses, it seems like they always would mention that Jesus was resurrected. And, and what is that? Well, that differentiates him from any other person that had been worshipped or any other prophet. It proves that, that he actually is a superior God, okay? But the, the power of, of the resurrection and Jesus proving it to them, he didn't prove it to them just so that he could give them facts to do good apologetics with. The proof was not just to do uh, apologetics and argumentative um, conversations so you can convince somebody. He's not trying to convince people cognitively. He wants to convince people in the spirit, all right? And so the, the resurrection of Christ is not just a fact. It's actually, it's an access to, to it's, a, it's a right now access to the living God himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And then he continued talking to them more about the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, we've been talking through Matthew 16 about, you know, on the gates, or the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail against my church. And it, says, it goes on, he says, um, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, right? I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus spent more time teaching them about the kingdom of heaven. And, and it's because he's preparing them to, they're, they're getting ready to come into this huge catalytic experience with God that's going to change their lives and it's going to change history. Because they're about to get empowered with something that they've never known before. Jesus at times had given them his delegated authority to go and, and they would go in twos to villages and they would see um, lepers get healed and demons coming out of people and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing. But in those moments, they were able to do miracles, not because they had that power living in them, but because Jesus delegated it to them so they could represent him everywhere they went. Okay, we still have that. But there was a coming a time when they were going to receive the actual dunamis power of God that was going to come into their lives, and they would carry that power and walk like Jesus walked. It's amazing. So Jesus was training them how to, how to build his church and how to expand the kingdom of heaven throughout the earth. Don't you guys think that's pretty exciting? Do you think that what Jesus was doing with them is what he's still wanting to keep doing in us? Amen. The book of Acts is not a history book. It's a testimony of how we can live. That was pretty good, Jesse. <laughs> all right. Verse, all right. Verse 4, Jesus tells them, don't leave Jerusalem but wait for the promise. I want you to think about that word wait for a second because wait 
can be a real passive sounding word. But waiting, can, it can be passive where you're just kind of like just sitting around twiddling your thumbs hoping something's going to land on you or that God's going to come do something to you. But this kind of waiting, I don't think is passive. I think it's active waiting. Kind of like where, you know, in the Old Testament, it talks about waiting on the Lord and, and he'll, he'll come and he'll renew your strength. You know, like I forgot all the things it said because I... I'm getting fresh up on, but you guys get the point. Waiting on the Lord, it's not, it's not just like, all right, well, let me go turn on my Xbox and sit around and do whatever until he, until he shows up. No, waiting, it's actually a proactive, like I'm seeking you and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you. I'm, I'm ready to go as soon as you show up. It's an expectation. It's an anticipation. You guys hear what I'm saying? All right, so the, the, he says, wait for the promise of the Father, and, and we know the promise is the Holy Spirit, because he goes on and he says it. I want to read a few verses prior to this about that promise, all right, and these will not come up on that screen, by the way, unless they have magic back there, I don't know about. John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus said, I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit abides with me forever. That's amazing. You know what that tells me? That when you don't feel him, that doesn't mean he's not still there. He is. He is. All right? So he abides with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you. Everybody say, he dwells with me. But Jesus continued, he said, and he will be in you. So up until this time, aside from Jesus himself, people had had the Holy Spirit come, but he'd come and then he'd go, and he'd come and he'd go based on when the need was. But Jesus is saying, it's not going to be like what you've heard of or known from the past. This is different. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you in a way that's going to change everything for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. All right? And Jesus is saying he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. That was before the cross and the resurrection, right? But I want to tell you guys, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's in you. He lives in you. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Do you guys get what I'm saying? Because I, I kind of, in, in so many words, I just said that the creator of this universe, the, the same spirit that hovered over this entire earth before it was fashioned and formed, incubating it, that spirit lives in you. I don't want us to stay here right now because you'll miss this. Let's get in. I want, as a matter of fact, maybe you should even just look at your belly and just say, Holy Spirit lives in here. Some people have mansions for him. No, I'm just joking. I, I've given him a little more room. I'm just joking. He lives in me. I, I don't always think about this. I, I miss him often because I'm not, I'm not connecting to the truth. But Jesus said he will abide with you forever. And he's gonna, he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. That's amazing. Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Wow. Put your hand on your belly. I want you to just envision this, like literally, right on the other side. What you feel right there is the person, the Holy Spirit. 
That's awesome. He's closer than you think he is. If you're not born again, don't miss this. He wants to get in you. First, uh, John 14, 26, Jesus continues, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to, to literally teach us the ways of the kingdom of God. Not just cognitive learning. It's, it's, it's knowing from your spirit. Kingdom truth. He's with us. He wants to reveal the kingdom to us. John 15, 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send you, to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. This Holy Spirit that lives in you, this is, this is wild. I don't know that we can fathom this in natural thought, but he lives in you while he proceeds from the Father in heaven. That's wild. The Holy Spirit literally gives you a direct link into the throne room of God. That's amazing. In Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist was out there baptizing and preaching, and he, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire. Everybody say fire. fire. Look at your belly. Put your hand on your belly. Say fire. fire. Say it again. Fire. fire. Dunamis. Dunamis. Power. Power. Fire. fire. Holy, Ghost. Holy Ghost. He's in there. He's in <laughs> Come on. It's amazing. So, so Jesus is talking about that we're going to be baptized. He told them this before it came. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All right? He said, you're going to be, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All right? And, and so that's just crazy. He talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you got to think about this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not meant to just be a one-time experience where somebody come and lay hands on you and something cool happened for a moment. And then maybe if you're lucky, you got a prayer language and then you go on your life and then you've got that thing you could mark down in the history of your Bible. He's trying to give us a power from heaven that would change everything forever. All right? And so the, in baptism in the Holy Spirit, literally is talking about being fully immersed in Holy Ghost. Fully immersed in Holy Ghost. Fully immersed, drenched by the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. And so he's, he's wanting to fully immerse us and consume us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the person. It's not, he's not just this, this lightning bolt from heaven. He's a person. He's a person, and he's been around for eternity. And he has feelings. He has thoughts. And, he, and his mind is on you. And he loves you. He loves you so much he decided to climb inside of you and live there. He could choose not to. It's like, I don't know, this one feels like a garbage dump. No, that's not how he looks at it. I love you so much, I want to be as close as I can, so I'm going to come and live inside of you. Come on. It's amazing. And, and so he's the person, and he is the power of God too. And he's, whoa, I feel him right now. And he's the fire of God. So when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get the person, you get the power, and you get the fire. And he wants us to have all of that. Amen? And then he goes on, 
He's like, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're like, well, then are, does this mean that we're entering into the end times? <laughs> does this mean that, that you're coming back soon and you're going to build your kingdom and, you know, the millennial reign and all this stuff? And, and so it's kind of like the things that a lot of people today are trying to do and spending a lot of their theological focus on. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm getting drunk up here, by the way. I am not clocking out at noon. If you have to go, you go. But I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit and not the clock this, right, this time. I'm serious. <laughs> you guys do what you need to do. I'm going to do what I need to do. Jesus said it's not for you to, to, to know the, the times or the seasons um, that the Father is appointed. All right? And, and that, the word times and seasons, it's chronos and epics. And it's talking about timelines uh, like dates and, whoa, I'm getting more drunk. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I, I invite you to take drinks, too, because the tap is opening up. You guys, seriously, I don't want you to watch me do it. You guys get your own. Thank you, Lord. All right? <laughs> this is what we pray for, guys. If I get sloshed up here, like, just it's your fault. You prayed for it. Okay? Jesus is like, <laughs> don't get distracted by, by timelines of future epics. That's not the season we're even in. God will, the Father will see to these things as he needs to, but, but let, let's refocus our, our attention. Our, let's get our priorities where they need to be. And he shifted it away from um, eschatology or end-time theology or whatever you want to call it. He shifted it away from that to let's, let's focus on what this is really all about. Thank you, Lord. He likes this message. Do you? <laughs> Do you guys like it? Because he likes it, and we haven't even got to the best stuff yet. Whew. All right. <laughs> he's a, he's, don't worry, I'm, I'm starting to lose my ability to talk soundly, I think, at the moment. Amen. Would you guys rather be sober or inebriated in the Holy Spirit? Well, then take it. Just take it right now. Hallelujah. Let yourself go there. He said, he said, let's not get distracted by those things. That's not the more important thing. The more important thing is this, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the utter ends of the earth. Shifting the focus. There's a lot of people in the modern church that might ought to do this. Let's, maybe, maybe we need to stop focusing so much on when is Jesus coming back. Start focusing on what really mattered to him. Because he's like, you, if you guys focus on that, you're going to miss what really needs to happen. Because if this doesn't happen, that's not even happening anyway. Jesus actually taught it in, in Matthew 24, I believe it was, that the gospel of the kingdom is going to go to every place in the whole world, and then the end will come. He didn't say it's going to happen by X and X date, so I hope you get done in time. <laughs> I don't know that it's on the clock. I, I, it, it, might, it might not be... It might not be a pre-assigned date. It might be a, it's going to happen in response to the conditions of the world that the church has affected, and then the end will come. So he's like, don't, don't focus on that. Don't, don't, don't focus on bypassing all the, the stuff in the world. I actually need you to change the world. And here's how you're going to do it. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
and then you're going to be my witnesses it, right where you're at, right here in Jerusalem. You're going to see, you're going to witness me. All right, You're, Jesus wanted them to be witnesses of his resurrection so that they could prove to the people that he actually was alive and well and powerful and still the king, building a kingdom, proving not just, not just, through, um, not just through apologetics, but through signs and wonders, proving. It's, it's not just trying to convince people, oh, well, here's the fact and here's the fact, and, and so I hope you'll take it and believe it. No, proving means that you're, you're actually engaging with the manifestation of Jesus Christ and releasing the power that he walked in into this earth so that there is no question that what I just saw was heaven crashing into earth right in front of me. And he's, he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. And so, you know, part of that means that you're going to, that you already have witnessed me resurrected and you're going to, you're going to bring this gospel. But part of it also, I believe, means that you're going to actually be witnessing what I will do when you show up in my spirit. That when you show up in my spirit and the power of God comes on you, you're going to see me show up and do things only I could do through you. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, you shall receive power. All right, so Jesus is, is shifting the focus off of eschatology and getting them missionally minded. I, I want you to come into the very thing that I've, that I've raised you up for now. It's time. It, it, is, it is game time, guys. <laughs> you guys have just been in practice. It's game time now. Thank you, Lord. Great commission. Oh, by the way, I want to I focus on this for a minute too. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many of you guys have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? I want to see it. Come, look around the room. Keep your hands up. Look, this is amazing. We got a Holy Ghost baptized church. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's give God praise for that. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Now, here's the question that comes with it. You got the Holy Ghost. Are you walking in the power? Amen. I want to tell you something about this, all right? And this is something that the Lord showed me just this past week or so because I, I never thought about this, but he wanted to put my focus on that word receive. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I have preached series to you guys about that word receive. It's the word... I found this on the web for you guys about the word receive. Check it out. Oh, thank, thank you, Siri. That was not the Bible, by the way. The word receive is the word lambano. And the word lambano is not a passive word. I, we, we talked about this for a long time, months ago, out of Matthew, or sorry, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It was after Jesus um, cursed the, the fig tree. And then they were surprised and amazed by it. And Jesus said, if you believe, you'll even move mountains, right? But he says this, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. And you will have them. Believe that you receive them. And you will have them. So that word is lambano. And lambano doesn't just mean I'm going to stand here and hope that somebody might put something in my hand that I can have. Lambano is an active word that says I am going to reach out and I'm going to grab a hold of this thing and I'm going to pull it in. I'm going to bring it into myself. I'm going to apprehend this thing with intentionality. I'm going to pull it in and then I'm going to believe that I've received it. 
So Jesus is saying this is a key to faith. He was teaching us that, that when you ask for something, when you pray, believe that you are receiving it. Even if you don't see it yet, like the, the, the thing actually happening is not, should not be the proof that you got it. Because if that's the case, that didn't take faith. Faith is believing the things you can't see yet, right? So, so faith that I'm receiving something that I'm not seeing the result of yet, I'm literally lambanoing. I'm apprehending that thing, and I'm pulling it in. I'm believing that I've got this thing. Because, because if I can put my faith on something that I can't see in the natural, and I pull it in, I believe I'm receiving it, he says, then you will have them. And he's not necessarily saying you're going to get it instantaneously. Sometimes there's a transfer process. Sometimes there's a breakthrough process, right? Preached a lot on that, maybe a year ago. But, but the point that I'm trying to get at is reminding us of that word lambano, because Jesus said this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall lambano Power, when the Holy Spirit has come on you. I would like to dare to say that the Holy Spirit could come upon you and you not actually receive the power. Not because it's not available, but because we're not putting our faith to access and apprehend the power that comes with that. And, and the, I'm not saying that to put anybody down. I hope it's the opposite I hope that what you can actually hear and what I'm saying right now is that if you have the Holy Spirit, and I saw a lot of hands that says you do, and I can feel them right now, by the way. Woo! <laughs> he feels good. I like that. I like that the Holy Spirit doesn't feel bad. <laughs> he feels good. All right? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, my, here's where I want to go with this. There is power beyond what you're currently experiencing that he is inviting you to lay hold of and access and lambano, to apprehend that and pull it in because there's more power for your life than what you're currently experiencing. We need to become a more of a drinking church, by the way. We've, I've been in drinking churches. <laughs> Let me just say that when somebody up here says, I'm getting drunk, like that's your invitation to take a drink. Hallelujah. So, so the point that I'm trying to make, and I, I'm realizing I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pick up more later, but the point I'm trying to make right now is you have the Holy Spirit. There's more for you. There's, there's fresh baptisms of the Holy Spirit for you. Come on. Hallelujah. There's more. But not only that, there's dunamis power. There's more dunamis power for you to lay hold of. Like what you've experienced is not the, the cap. There's more. Lambano it. Hallelujah. The signs that make you wonder. Did, did that happen on its own? That is crazy. <laughs> That's weird, actually. Oh, it's get, see, the Holy Spirit's just trying to show us it's getting better. Whew. That was not normal, I'll say that. <laughs> he might, the Holy Spirit might be saying it's time to shift right now. <laughs> I'm not sure. Thank you, Lord. There is more to say, but I think that where I just went is where we've got to leave it there for now because, Wow. Shakara <laughs>
<laughs> wow. Come on. Jesus, Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Believe. Believe that you have received. Hallelujah. The Lord's inviting us to receive more of the Holy Spirit and to lambano more power. Miracle working power. It's the power that is generated by God himself that changes anything that it comes in contact with. It's the power that Jesus used to, to raise dead people to life. And by the way, Jesus lives in you too. <laughs> you are the body of Christ. He lives in you. And Jesus is resurrected. And in Romans 8, it says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, everybody say resurrection power, resurrection. gives life to your mortal body. That's amazing. The, the resurrection life of Jesus actually imparts resurrection life into our mortal bodies to give us more supernatural life, even in this flesh that we're walking around in. Whew. I'm feeling more right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able. If you can't, stand in your heart. <laughs> Whew. I want to pray for you. And then, and then here's what I'm going to do after I pray. If you've got to get going, then just see yourself out. Um, <clears throat> and, and if people don't want to participate with this and you want to visit somebody, you can just take it out there, but I, I, I really have been feeling like uh, that Jessica and I are supposed to come and lay hands on people um, who want just a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, and and I, I want to, I just want to, how do I want to say this? If you want to receive um, an impartation of just more of the Holy Spirit and an increased awareness of being, of just an increased awareness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit you already have, and for that, for that to grow, to increase fresh baptism. If you haven't ever been baptized, this could be your first time. And also just to an impartation, I guess, of igniting your ability, your faith within your spirit to lambano the dunamis power and the fire that comes from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray for you. Ryan, are you able to, Ryan's going to come up here and, and kind of do some stuff flowing with us right now too, but um, I'm going to pray for you, and then, and then I'm going to have people line up. Seth, I might need your help with organizing the, this. But All right, Holy Spirit. Whew. Hallelujah. Lord, I, I pray if there's anybody in here who has not been able to um, <clears throat> sense your presence, the way, the way I've been, or I, I just pray that they'll feel you come touch them right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move right now and fall on every single person who's hungry for you. Every.
person who's hungry for you. Thank you, Lord. Now just take a moment. I understand if people have to get going, but I think sometimes God also just wants us to not be in a hurry. Take a moment. Let the Lord touch you. Remind yourself that the Holy Spirit is already with you. He's never left you, even if you didn't feel him. He's been there the whole time. If you haven't received received salvation yet, this is your day. Don't go another moment without, without being saved. Thank you. I did not organize this, but Stephanie, I'm going to ask you for your help on something, all right? I'm going to, I want you to go stand in the back over there, and if anybody needs to give your life to the Lord, as I transition, what's going to happen, if you need to give your life to the Lord, go see Stephanie, and she'll pray with you to, to receive salvation. Don't go another moment. Hallelujah.